Hi, I'm Kevin. Welcome to Maison Mission. This is episode number 32. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about the Maison Mission by visiting MaisonMission.com or through the links in the description of this program. Good morning, Maison. Levi Lowry here. And uh, I'm excited as we continue on this series, uh, The Heart of God. And I think if I could title this sermon, I would title it uh, a podcast, a book, a chapter. And But in the end, it's God's heart uh, for the rebel or God's heart for the down and out. Um, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I love them, right? So many of you know my other job is is pressure washing, and so I have nothing but time. And so I'll download a fresh batch of, of podcasts and just hammer through them while I'm washing. And so uh, I play disc golf. I'm an avid disc golfer, and I was listening to a, a disc golf podcast, and it's usually a lot of the same stuff. They just they just talk about disc golf, but. They had this this guest on, uh, the host did, and the guest's name was Scott Stokely. And Scott Stokely was one of the pioneers in the, the sport of disc golf. Uh, he, he played it a lot back in the 80s, in the 90s, and was he was really a big deal. He finished second uh, at the World Championship uh, two or three times. He held distance records, world records for being able to throw uh, a disc golf disc farther than anybody else. Uh, on the planet, he won all kinds of, of tournaments, and he was the first one to start teaching disc golf. And so when he would go to a city to play in a tournament, he would get word out to uh, the movers and shakers in that city that he was going to be in town and he would do he would do clinics and teach people how to throw properly, grip properly, drive, putt, uh, do upshots, all the stuff that you need to do uh, to play disc golf. Uh, he had tutorial videos out back before anybody uh, was doing that stuff. And it's interesting because he did this for the better part of a decade, and then he just completely disappeared from the sport. Like, he was all in, and then he was gone. I mean, he didn't die. He was still alive, but uh, he, he wasn't active in the sport anymore. And so the host kind of had an understanding that this had to do with some chronic injuries that, that were plaguing him. And he, he alluded to that. And he said, no, no. He said, I, it wasn't, um, it wasn't that at all. He said, my daughter was born and I didn't want to miss uh, seeing her grow up. And if I'm on the road, you know, 40 to 50 weeks a year playing disc golf, that could never happen. And so he, he settled into a, a different life. He started an online business, uh, that was, was doing really, really well. And he stayed home and he basically stopped playing disc golf altogether, just totally quit. And, and so he was gone for, oh man, 
I guess 12, 12 or 13 years. And the host said, you know, like, tell, tell me how you, you came back into the sport. And Scott said, oh, have you not heard this story? He goes, well, I've kind of heard bits and pieces of it. He goes, disc golf saved my life. Boy, he had me at that point. I was like, disc golf saved your life? And he said, oh, yeah. Yeah, he said, uh, it saved my life because when the internet, the dot-com bubble burst, he said, my my whole life just went down the tubes. He said, my business started to fail. Uh, my marriage failed. He said, I went from making like a six-figure income to losing my house and he said, I lost everything. He said, I lost my house. I lost uh, my company. I lost just everything and went from this upper middle class lifestyle to living on the fringes. He was living uh, in his car. He was borrowing couches. You know, he was living on friends uh, couch surfing, I guess is what they call that, uh, just to try to figure things out. And so he, he, he had this idea that if he would start using amphetamines, then he could stay awake longer. And if he could stay awake longer, then he could work harder. And if he could work harder, then he could save his business. And if he could save his business, maybe he'd get his wife back. He could buy another house and he could put things together. And as it goes, he started out on prescription uh, amphetamines and then moved to uh, buying them illegally and just... He, he went to a really, really dark place and he realized I've, I've got to change my life. I've got to, I, I can't continue to live like this. And so he said, I'm racking my brains. I can't afford rehab. I can't, I, I don't have the resources to, to do this like I would want to do it. And he said, I realized that I had three outstanding traffic warrants. And he said, I had this idea that if I could just go to jail, that I could, maybe I could get sober. Maybe I could quit the drugs and I could get back on the right track. And so he tells the story. He said, I'm not proud of it, but he said, I literally took uh, every last pill that I had. I went down to the, the, the courthouse. Uh, I put them in my mouth, uh, swallowed them, walked in, turned myself in higher than I had ever been in my life. And so he ended up spending over three weeks in jail. Now, that story reminded me of uh, a book that I was reading a couple of months ago called A Billion Hours of Good. And I recommend this book uh, to anybody. Uh, a buddy of mine actually wrote the book, but it's, it's a very practical way uh, to make a difference in your world. And I specifically remembered this chapter that had this really long name. And it, it's one of those words that has way too many uh, consonants like strung together. It's like, how in the world are you supposed to say that? And I actually had to look it up online and it's splach nidzomai. And that word is a Greek word and it's found in the New Testament on about 12 different occasions. And a lot of times it's actually related to a feeling that Jesus is having about the people in a situation that he finds himself in. So when the, the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 and they look around and there's all these people that have come to hear Jesus teach and they realize they don't have any food for them, there's this word, spagnizomai, and it means it's translated to the English, he had compassion on them. 
So Jesus looks around. He sees, oh, these people don't have anything to eat. And, and he's moved. He says, and he had compassion for them and, or, or on them. And, and so that's what it means. And it's, it's a word that means to have compassion for, but it's really stronger than that. Um, it means to feel something like in your gut or in your innards to be moved by a situation. Now, in, in Jesus's day, uh, the intestines were like the seat of emotions. We've kind of moved that to the heart, right? We say, oh man, I heard this story and it really touched my heart. This is, this is kind of that idea. It, it moved me inside. Splach need so my. And so there, there's a story in Luke chapter 15 that if you have grown up going to church, you've heard this story. All right. It's, it's the story of the prodigal son. And if you haven't heard this story, it's, it's a story about a young man who goes to his father and says, Hey, I know I'm not supposed to get my inheritance until you're dead, but I want my inheritance now and I want to spend it now my way. Okay. So that's disrespectful. Even in our culture, that would be disrespectful to go to your parents and say, Hey, I know I'm written into the will, uh, but I'd kind of like to have that money now. It was 10 times more offensive in Jesus' day, in an honor-shame culture, for a son to go to his father and say, hey, all that money that I'm supposed to get when you pass, and this was a wealthy man in this parable, I want it now. It was equal to saying, dad, you are dead to me. You're dead to me. So I just want to have the money now. Right. So inexplicably in the story, the, the father honors his wish, gives his son his part of the inheritance. And the son does what we would expect uh, kind of a young, rich punk to do. He goes and he spends it on wild parties. He spends all of the money. He, he buys friends. And when the money runs out, so does the friendship. And so he finds himself like uh, with some pigs and he is willing to eat the, the slop of the pigs. And, and he comes up with this plan that he's like, you know what? Even my father's servants eat three meals a day. And so the scripture tells us that he, he basically practices what he's going to say to his dad when he goes home. He, he has this whole speech arranged, um, to try to get back on his good side. All right. Um, in Luke chapter 15, it says, talking about the young man, it wasn't long before the younger son packed up his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all of his money, there was a bad famine all through that country, and he began to feel it. He signed on with a citizen who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs and the pig slop, but no one would give him would give him any. And, and so he, he spends the time there and he hits the rock bottom, kind of like we hear that addicts hear a rock bottom. And he says, Oh man, it, it brought him to his senses. All those farm hands working for my father sit down to three meals a day. And then he practices. He says, I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. And he got right up 
and went home to his father. Have you ever been in that place where you messed up so bad, that you screwed up so bad, that you practiced? <laughs> you, you played in your head what you were going to say when you had the chance to, to make it right or to apologize. That's an interesting position to be in. Uh, it's an even more interesting position, I would guess, to be the person who's on the receiving end of that practiced apology because that's really where the power lies, right? That's the person who has the ability to forgive or redeem or, or make things not so bad uh, in your life. But this is where this, this word comes in, this splach needs so my. Um, one translation says, but while he was yet far away, this is the son returning home, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. And that's it. That's the splach needs am I right there. Moved with compassion, like deeply moved with compassion and ran and embraced his neck and kissed him. So this father sees his son a long way off and he is moved. He, he is, he is moved to action and he runs to his son. I can only imagine that the, the rehearsed apology, uh, I've sinned against God, I've sinned against you, I don't deserve to be your son. <laughs> it probably never even got said, right? Because when the Father comes running to you, it was a compassion that led to action. And it had to be overwhelming. It had to be shocking to the Son. Because this is a, a Father that had been dissed. I mean metaphorically spat upon. I mean, this is really the key to the story, right? The, the father's reaction, this being moved with compassion, th this is where the story is. I mean, I wonder if we don't relate so well to the prodigal son story because we all know that person who has made a mess of their life. We, we know the person who had every opportunity to excel at life, but they, they got hooked on uh, drugs or alcohol or they couldn't stay faithful in a relationship or they have a gambling addiction or they, they have some vice that just led them down a path to where they're not flourishing in life at all, yet they have all of the tools to flourish. We, we know the people <laughs> who have that story, but do we know as many people who have been on the receiving end of someone who was so moved with compassion that, that they would reconcile, that they would redeem, that they would throw a party. And that's what ended up happening. The father's like, hey, kill the fatted calf. My, my son who was lost has come home. He, he's back. We, we've got to celebrate this. And so that's it. That's the splack needs am I, right? And this is the, the same being moved with compassion that it's the reason that, that orphanages are started uh, in other parts of the world and, and schools are started. It's the reason that people ha have started nonprofits against sex trafficking. But it's also in the smaller things. Being moved with compassion is how backpacks get filled with food for school-age kids on the weekends who don't have food. It's how meals get delivered to family promise families who are dependent on these strangers to bring in dinner each evening. And so this being moved with compassion, it isn't just something for, for God the Father or for Jesus. 
we, we are moved with compassion and moved into action. That it's, it's just how it works. And I'll finish with this as I was listening to, uh, that, that podcast about Scott Stokely. He, he continues this story and he said he did his, his three weeks in jail and he said it was awful. Like coming off the drugs while being in jail was, it was, it was a, it was a terrible thing. But he got out and he didn't know what to do. He knew that he couldn't keep living in cheap motels and in his car and expect to stay off of drugs. He needed a complete change of scenery. So he lived in Colorado and he called a guy named Barry, who he had competed against for over 10 years. So these are guys who competed against each other in disc golf, and he happened to live in North Carolina. So he calls up Barry, and he says, hey, uh, my life's a mess. He's like, I, I just got out of jail. He tells him the whole story, and he says, do you know anybody who would like rent me a room, like super cheap? Like I, I basically don't have anything, but do you know anybody? And so Barry is on the phone, and he has a roommate, and he calls over to the roommate. He says, hey, Stokely's coming to live with us, and, and Scott says, no, 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 <laughs> I'm not asking for that. He's like, I don't have any money to pay you. He goes, oh, Scott, we're, we're not talking about money. We're not talking about money. You have a free place to stay here until you get on your feet. Just get here. So uh, he gets across the country. I don't remember how he did that, but he, he gets there and then word gets out that he's kind of, he's, he's coming back and there's a, a guy who runs a series of tournaments and he calls up Scott Stokely and says, Hey, uh, I hear you're trying to make a comeback. He's like, I run this series of events. Would it help you if I allowed you to enter these tournaments for free? I'll cover your entry and then any of the money that you win, you get to keep. And he was like, would that help me? Yes, that would help me. And then one after another, the word got out that, that this guy who had been a part of the scene but had been gone for over a decade needed help. And it was like, as I hear this story, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, that's it. That's being moved with compassion. That's that Spock needs of mine here and there. And it made all the difference. And th this guy's back. He's back touring full time. He's off of drugs. He's running clinics. He's actually in a position to where all of the money that he earns uh, from playing disc golf and, and winning, uh, he donates to a charity that he founded. And I thought, my goodness. That, that is the power of a compassion that moves people to action. In Maison, that's who I want us to be. I want us to be a church that at its heart, it has this spock needs so my, that, that we are moved with compassion to make very practical and tangible differences in, in the lives of the people in our community and around the world. And we can do this all together. We can raise money. We can send it out and that's good. But it's, it's really one of these things that has to start in us uh, is, as individuals. And so while I want it for us, I also want it for you. I want you to, to have this being moved with compassion. And man, sometimes I think it's easier to talk about it than it is to do it. Uh, it's easier to talk about uh, making a difference in the community than it is to set aside the time to actually do it. But, but I love it because in this story, in the prodigal son, very clearly we see the heart of God for the rebel. We see the heart of God for the down and out. It, his heart is, well, his gut is 
moved with compassion, moved so much that he moves towards us to make a difference in our life. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this crazy word. We thank you for this story of the prodigal son. Father, I pray that this would be our heart, that, that we would be moved with compassion, that, that we wouldn't be cynical, that we, we wouldn't look for the worst uh, in people, but we would, we would look for a way to help them uh, get back on their feet and that compassion could be part of their story. Help us to do this individually, to find ways to make a difference in, in people's lives where, again, part of their story is a compassion that, that moved uh, someone to action that made a difference. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a few reminders before you go. House churches are starting up the week of September 12th. This is a great way for you and your family to get plugged in to the Maison mission. Sign up today on the Digital Connect card. Our next Maison IRL gathering or in real life gathering is going to be a cookout at the Lowry home on Sunday, August 1st at noon. This is a little bit different than what we usually do for our IRLs. We're going to be meeting a little bit earlier in the day for lunch. Burgers and hot dogs will be provided. We just ask that you bring a side or a dessert to share if you're able to. Please let us know that you're coming by completing the Digital Connect card. We'd like to thank all of you who have provided meals for Family Promise this past week. Be on the lookout for more ways that you can serve our community. Maison Mission is a non-denominational church. These programs and conversations are only possible through the financial support and donations from people like you. If our program encouraged you today, consider supporting the Maison Mission with a one-time gift or on a recurring basis. You can give through MaisonMission.com and follow the links to give. You can also text the dollar amount to 84321 and follow the links to Maison Mission. We will also be displaying our giving links on a slide at the conclusion of this program. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you have a great week.